Chuckles. What's your name? Oh, it's Bing, sir. I'm sorry. I was just... Uh... No, no, I heard what you said. Funny. I like funny. Oh, well... This team's about hard work, but it's also about having fun. Good to have you aboard. Bing! Welcome to Something Crunchy. The Valley's number one comedy entertainment podcast. Biscuit is homies with Blake. Blake is the older brother of Blair. And Blair is married to Biscuit. Here are your hosts, Colin Blake with Blair and Tyler Dressel. Welcome to Something Crunchy. I'm Cullen Blake. With me, as always, Blair. And Tyler Justin. We have another very crunchy guest joining us tonight. You've seen him in movies like Raising Arizona, Christmas Vacation, and Drop Dead Gorgeous. Shows like Friends, The King of Queens, and Breaking Bad. Please welcome Sam McMurray. <laughs> and it's live, huh? They're all there. All those people in the audience. God bless. Thank you for joining us. How are you, Sam? I'm fine, thank you. Thank you for asking. Oh, we are excited to have you on. We've been fans of yours for a long time. Almost 50 years in the industry, and you're one of the That's most credited true. actors ever. <laughs> Is that right? Yes. Somebody yes. gave me an actual number once. It was like, I don't know, an IMDb, something like 140-something. I don't know. I couldn't count but, that um, Yeah, Yeah, I'm afraid it's. Uh, I'm, up, I'm in the middle of a long line of... Um, Thespians. My parents were actors, and my daughter, my eldest daughter, is an actress in New York. And my younger daughter is the only one to have escaped, you know, the family disease. So we think she's actually the a doctor. <laughs> not the family business, the family but, disease. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be 50 years as of next year, which is astonishing. That is truly. amazing. All right. So, which roles of yours do fans tend to bring up most often? Um, well, of course, come Christmas, they always bring up the Chevy Chase movie, yeah. which I hadn't seen. I mean, I just went in and I worked on it for two days or something like that. And, you know, but it's a perennial, right? And then finally, oh God, it must have been 10 years ago in New York, my older daughter, the one who lives in Brooklyn now, she rented it and we watched it for the first time. And I thought, meh, quite honestly, um, <laughs> The, the shooting of it was terrifically forgettable, but, you know, it's become such a favorite at Christmas time. There's always a check in the mail for at least $11. Yeah, so, that's great. There you go. But also, and it depends on the age, of course, of those people. Um, the funny thing is I'm going to Chicago because I did an episode many years ago when they were all still alive of Golden Girls. And the truth was, I knew Betty. I had worked with her. I knew Estelle Getty because I knew her in New York when she was doing Harvey Firestein's Torch Song Trilogy. I was doing a television series with the late Ron Silver. You stop me when I keep running off. Um, <laughs> and I, and I, I knew of uh, Rue because she had worked with my mom. And I knew her somehow a little bit socially. And B. Arthur, who was lovely. But the truth is, when I got offered the role, I did it because I wanted to meet Jerry Orbach, and he was on the show that week. And I doggedly pursued him, and he finally surrendered. We became good friends. So anyway, I'm going to Chicago to do, what's it called, the Golden something or other. And I was kidding with this gal who books me on this stuff and, you know, did these autograph signings and so forth. And I said, well, you know, I'll be the kid, won't I? Because I'm only 70. And they went, oh, no, 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 there's a huge following, and most of it is gay, apparently. So I'll, I'll get a manicure and, and go to Chicago. But it, it, So it's weird. And I, I also did Friends, which a lot of people remember me yeah. from. And I had a series which, if somebody remembers it, I take them out to dinner. 
called Likely Suspects. This is 92-93 on Fox. And this was bef- after I had done the Tracy Ullman show, which was three years plus. And that was, that was the first regular, no, yeah, it was. I had moved out here in 86 to L.A. from New York, and that was the first, you know, um, series regular that I, I landed. Um, and it was a lot. Of, it was actually it was a great show, and nobody sees it. I don't know why. I assume it has the, there's some sort of tie-up in terms of the rights to it or whatever. Excuse me. But it's not syndicated at all, and I, I truly don't know why. There's a guy who calls himself Tracy Ullman, although he's not. But he's still very friendly, and he has actually posted certain episodes, or I've asked him, did, did you have such and such an episode, one that I'd forgotten about, or I have it on Betamax, you know? <laughs> and he would post it or send it to me. Uh, I still have a beta machine. I haven't plugged it in in a while, but, you know, Ooh, it's under the bed. I love that. <laughs> yeah, you were, yeah, you were a featured player on the Tracy Ullman show. Is that the connection yes. to you being on both Friends and The Simpsons? No, no, The Simpsons, uh, that's the one that got away. Because we were all just doing it. Was this eighty-seven? Yeah. And the Simpsons was just used interstitially on the Tracy Ullman show. In fact, it caused a huge lawsuit. Really? Tracy versus Fox and Jim Brooks and so forth. Um, and yeah, but there was another animated series, and they would ask us to just come into the the booth. We didn't go to you know a sound studio or anything. We actually did it on the sound stage. We would just go up in the the booth and you know on a lunch break or coffee break and just lay stuff down wild. And I think I did one or two, but mostly I was assigned to another animated series, the name of which I have no recollection. It was sort of adult, sort of Jules Pfeiffer-esque. But, you know, that's the one that got away because, of course, everybody made bazillions of dollars on Tracy Ullman. I mean, on on Simpsons. Right. Um, You know, and Hank Azaria, who's a friend, he was at Fox doing, yeah, come on. (laughs) <laughs> Why can't I think of it? Uh, you know, age. But I knew I knew Hank, and I was a little worried because I thought he was becoming sort of the poor man Sam McMurray. He was always playing the jerk who's at the water cooler. Um, oh, God. And the guy who was the lead's name doesn't matter. Hank, you, you can ask Hank. Anyway, so he wound up doing all this sort of utility player stuff. And I'm like, I, I could have done that. And they go, no, no, you're doing this one, the one that no one will ever remember. <laughs> so, oh, well. But I had fun, too, doing that. And then later I did Dinosaurs, which ran for four seasons. Yeah. Well, to make you so, feel better about The Simpsons, I mean, at the time of this recording, there have been a Guinness World Record setting 953 guest stars. And you were the very first yeah. one. So you will always. I am the first one. And I'm the only one to play, I don't know how you'd put it, a pre-existing character. I played uh, this sort of combination of Engelbert Humperdinck and Tom Jones on the Tracy Ullman show, <laughs> known as Gulliver Dark. And they brought Gulliver over to The Simpsons. And that was the first guest shot. And I'm the only one that's done that. I mean, other people, of course, have played themselves and right, so forth. But, but not that, that's actual... easy. Yeah. That's but I, got, I think I got the sing in it, too. Um, which is always, you know, fun for me, if not for anybody else. <laughs> did you think when you did that episode, it would turn into the longest running television Nobody, series? no. Nobody. <laughs> I mean, literally, everybody was, we were doing it for free in the beginning. And then they got up, like, four or five years running, and they got close to, I don't think I'm telling tales out of school, but if I am, so be it. They got to, like, the 100th episode, and some idiot executive at Fox, I know that's redundant, said, you know, we have made like a billion dollars just in merchandise on the show. And Dan Castellaneta, who is maybe the nicest man on the planet, 
and also very meek, though, but he said, well, you know what? Screw you. I'm not coming back until we get X amount of dollars. And everybody banded together, and they got paid, as you know. Kind of <laughs> like, you know, people on Friends. Yeah. Um, yeah, I remember when that happened. And I don't, is it still going? Is Simpsons still on? Simpsons yeah. is still But they're not in production, I assume. Yeah, and I know you're close friends with Dan Castellaneta as well. Um, you once said he can do over 170 unique now, voices yeah. consecutively. That blew my oh, mind. Oh, Danny's brilliant. They did a sketch once where Tracy was playing the bedridden mother of this, I think he was Ukrainian, actually. Um, uh, he was like a head waiter and I was the sort of scumbag doctor is the best way to describe, you know, the guy was ripping everybody off and I was in the scene. But so they said to Dan, they said, give us a list of, you know, the people or the voices that you can do. And he got to 175 and he wasn't bragging. He can do them all. And they said, that's enough. And the one I remember, and the, the sketch was actually very funny because he'd walk in and there's Tracy laying in bed. And he's, uh, Umi was her name, which I guess is, I don't know, Ukrainian for godmother or a mom or something. And he said, guess who came into the restaurant last night? It was Gregory Peck. And he walks up to me and he says, pardon me, can you tell me the way to the men's room? That fruit cup went right through me. <laughs> and he would just go off like that. You know, and I, I rather like my Gregory Peck. I must say. I got it from Dan. That's so, no, he's, he's, he's astonishingly protean. He's chameleon-like. And, you know, he's from Second City. Right. Um, yeah, cool. And, of course, I worked with a number of people who are from that group. Uh, God, uh, Kevin Crowley and Rick Hall and, anyway, a whole bunch of them. Um, Megan Fay, actually, not too long ago, which is actually – and Joel Murray, who I play golf with a lot, because there's been this um, meme of me from Frankie and Grace – where uh, Megan, who is the long, my long-suffering wife, because I'm a bit of a blowhard, hey, you know, it's a living. She tells me to shut the fuck up. Have you not seen this? I'm sure you have, because I, I've received yes. it about six times. from. Oh, and I go, and actually, you know, I'm, I'm terrible. I don't always watch what I do. But I, I, I thought, you know what, maybe I'll watch it. So I watched the two episodes I was in. And I thought, okay, that was fine. Like Golden Girls, I was the youngster on the show. But Marty, I had worked with in New York. I did a TV movie of about Son of Sam called Out of the Darkness. And he's famous for not remembering, but it didn't matter. <laughs> he's the best. And Sam Waterston, who I've been admired forever, couldn't have been nicer. And Jane was, you know, very nice too. It's actually, it was a wonderful shoot. Um, and so I did a couple of them. But uh, Megan is hysterically funny. Anyhow, so yeah, that, that thing has made the rounds. I mean, and it comes from any and all directions, you know. Somebody I went to high school just actually sent it to me today. And for some reason, it was in black and white. And I was like, don't you own a television set? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, you know, anyhow. Yeah, so that was fun. And a lot of those connections are worth remembering, at least to my mind. They yeah, are, you of know? course. Yeah, people know me from that. They know me from Friends. Um, they know me from King of Queens. Of course. And every now and then, as I said, they know me from my own series, as I, which was called Likely Suspect. Um, and then I did... Not many people remember this, but there was a short-lived version of League of Their Own. The same writers, Babalu Mandel and Lowell Gans, the same group, you know, from Imagine. And I was cast in the Tom Hanks role. And I think we did, I don't know how many we actually made, maybe nine. You made maybe six. Maybe we did seven, I don't know. <laughs> but Tom directed one of them, in fact, and we became friends because, you know, apparently this is, I don't think this is secret. Originally, Robert De Niro was doing big. And he dropped out. Wow. And then, and then uh, Penny reached out to Tom 
who she knew, I guess. And he came on, and he, she told me that every time she'd give him a note, he would say, oh, is that what Bob would do? You know, anyway. So, <laughs> I am so glad you go. brought up A League of Their Own. I had intended to bring this up. We have had a vicious, ongoing debate for years Uh-oh. about yeah. the climactic scene in the film, and we'd love your take. If you remember, the championship game ends with Kit mowing over her sister Dottie, who drops the ball and Racine wins. Sad peaches. Yeah. The question is, did Dottie drop that ball on purpose? <laughs> Coach, can you weigh in here? I cannot. Come on. I, I, I saw the film once. The television series was just sort of an extrapolation, so we never got that far. Oh, Skip, um, come on, buddy. I can't help you with that. Um, who could you ask? Penny's gone, and geez, so is Gary for that matter. I know. Lowell, and Gary, I worked with before. Lowell. We're chasing down Lowell. I also worked with Gary on Dear God, and I had a lot of fun with him on that. You know, he's just he was a wonderful man, just hugely funny. And he his. I know I'm getting. I'm not. I know I'm not answering your your hotly debated question, but <laughs> he worked with a guy named Jerry Belson, who along with Jim Brooks. Gary and, and Jerry were partners. They did, um, you know, I think they they did Mork and Mindy, maybe. I don't recall. Anyway, but they worked on a lot of that. They did Laverne and Shirley. I know that much. Cool. And Jerry was the only person of equal stature to Jim Brooks, which was good because, you know, Jerry always had a, a, a funny thing to say and invariably helped the show out. So yeah. loved him. He's he's also going. Jim Brooks still going. Jim Brooks still but, going. And so are some of the other writers. My friend Mark Flanagan, who I see all the time, which was a strange sort of coincidence. But we had written industrial shows when we were in New York together, and then he goes out to L.A. a little before me, and then I wind up doing Tracy Ullman, you know, and it was kind of a happy happenstance, you know. Anyway, and Mark has since moved back east, um, but. I mean, I've been here almost half my life, and I'm still not sure, you know. <laughs> you still can't really find a good bagel anywhere or a slice of pizza that doesn't cost $300 or whatever. You know that guy? What was his name? And now he's opened up a place here in L.A. because, uh, you, you know, late night guy, Jimmy, what's his face? Not Jimmy Fallon, the other, the other Kimmel, one, Jimmy. Kimmel. Thank you. Is a big fan of his. So I actually, I went because I have a New York friend who also says, you know, th- thinks she knows everything about pizza. We went there, and it was kind of meh. Uh. Oddly enough, I was disappointed. Oh, well. <laughs> well. So, yeah, so I've been out here <laughs> half my life, and I'm, I'm still not sure how to get around in L.A. It's all, it's all right. You know, we, no, we came out here at the time. I was married, and I had done a television pilot um, after, right after Raising Arizona, in fact. I came out here, and I booked a pilot. And I, I knew the director from theater. John Pasquin, who later did very well with, you know, Home Improvement and a bunch of things. Um, and anyway, so we decided, well, you know what? It's time to make the move. So New York in 1986 wasn't much fun, to tell you the truth. And I grew up there. It was just like, it was very unkind at the time, yeah. you know, so. And we wanted to start a family, which we did. And, you know, there they go. Well, you made the right decision, and now you've done theater and TV and film. Let me ask you, which comedic role best represents your off-camera personality? Like, which of your well-known characters are you most like? Well, not so much King of Queens, although that that came real easy. I'd also, I'd worked (laughs) with Michael Whitehorn. Interesting. Um, So what would I say? Well, actually, the character in likely suspects and you have to look around to find it um it's closest to me i saw parenthetically that richard belzer just passed and he was a wonderful guy 
and he did an episode with my friend Stephen Root, who works more than any actor on the planet, and you probably know that, um, and lives down the way from me. So anyway, Stephen and Belzer and Wendy Malick were on that particular episode, which I happened to have a copy of. And Belzer was just, couldn't have been nicer. Not acerbic, not what you might expect at all, you know? So, so I don't know. I mean, to some degree, I mean, you know, not Friends. Friends was just fun. And I'll tell you a story if I've got the wherewithal. Um, when I first started, I first did a guest shot on Tracy Ullman. Then we were on hiatus for two weeks. And in that two weeks, they made a deal for me to be a regular, which was great because my older daughter Hannah had been born, you know. So I go to work, and the first sketch I do is an odd piece in which I'm this father of this gal that this young man is taking out. And he tries to talk to me, but I'm so into television that I'm basically disconnected. And they get this 17-year-old actor, and he's terrific. And his name is Matthew Perry. <laughs> and he was just, he absolutely nailed it. And years later, you know, I wound up being his boss on Friends, which was a lot of fun. And I haven't seen him in quite some time, but I knew Jennifer before that. I knew her when she was a brunette. It was a funny series called The Edge with my friend from New York, Wayne Knight. Um, but what was her name? She had a name like Downtown Julie Brown, but she wasn't Downtown Julie Brown. She was an American comedian who I did work with, actually. Anyway, Jennifer was in that. So I knew her from going to New York when they would, you know, pile everybody from Fox into an airplane and do the upfronts. And I knew Courtney because she was a very good friend of my friend Rick Morata, who was the drummer on the Tracy Ullman show and later did very well writing the music for Everybody Loves Raymond and Yes, Dear. Cool. Two shows which were created by friends of mine, Phil Rosenthal and particularly Alan Kirschenbaum. Yeah. Anyway, so I knew, I didn't know Matty LeBlanc, and I thought he was hysterical. He just kills me. I, I haven't seen him in forever, or Schwimmer for that matter. But I liked Lisa very much. It was just a wonderful show to watch, if you're asking me. Friends was great. Um, so that was a good experience to film. Has a stranger ever come up and asked you to smack them on the ass? <laughs> No, no, <laughs> and that's fine. No, nobody asked me to smack again. me, smack him on the ass. So I'd be the uh, first. <laughs> nobody even would be the first. Sure, I'll do it telephonically. Yeah. But I do do I do do you know um, what do you call it? You know the cameos. I'm blanking. Thank you. And every now and then they say, "Will you you know give me a Bing shout out and so forth?" Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Happy to do that. Um, only did three of them, but I was supposed to be in two more. And it didn't happen for a variety of reasons, um, but they paid me. So that was fun. Uh, <laughs> nice getting paid for not working. You also played a memorable boss in King of Queens. That actually, when it began, Michael Whitehorn, who I mentioned before, who had written the baseball sketch, I like some more, asked me if I would do it. And for some reason, damn it, I was tied up with another project and I couldn't do it. So they got somebody else to play O'Boyle and they hated him for some reason, maybe because it wasn't me. And they canned him, but it, it, I didn't come back until the following season. And unfortunately, that meant that I was just working for less than what a regular would make, if you will. You know, wow. but through the years, I would do them. And, you know, it's been lovely. It keeps the lights burning because it's in syndication, right. you know, as his friends. Yeah. Um, Mom is playing. And I had, a, I had a blast on Mom. That may have been my favorite bit of writing. I did three episodes of that. And I knew Allison somewhat because we were both in Drop Dead Gorgeous, which is actually a very good movie. Yeah. And she's great. And I worked with Anna, who I didn't know, but I really adored, you know. It was, anyway, 
and Jamie Widows, who I knew from New York when he was an actor and singer, he was he directed all the episodes, but he was in a show called Is There Life After High School? Now, why do I remember that? But I couldn't remember, you know, anyway, <laughs> that's the way it rolls. Well, if we had Blair's way, we would have started with Drop Dead Gorgeous and stayed with Drop Dead Gorgeous, yes. Drop Dead Crunchy. <laughs> Blair's been jonesing for us to bring up Lester Lehman. What a cast. That yes. had to be fun. Oh, it was a lot of fun. And I later worked with Will Sasso, who was really, really talented. Yes, he had he a is. short-lived series. Well, not a web series. It was um, Guillermo Diaz was on it, who I had worked with in a crappy movie in Louisville. But he's so talented. Really As is Will. Guy. They were all fun. And I had just come back from doing theater, which just about killed me. I, did, I went down to Alabama to do a friend's play because I thought it was brilliant. And it, I'm correct in that assessment. But I hadn't been on stage, really, in close to 20 years. And it was terrifying, you know, and of course, that's where I grew up. But, you know, I ain't a kid anymore. And but we got the play on and we did it. And I came back and um, I had grown facial hair for the part of I was basically sort of a grave digger, as in Hamlet. Um, But I grew a goatee and mustache and so forth. And my agent was calling about this show that Will had. And my agent said, well, you know, he's got facial hair. Oh, no, no, no. Tell him to keep it. So I did two episodes where I was married to a. Jane, you know, sorry, from Saturday Night Live, Jane Curtin, right? I I was her ex-husband, and she was a blast. And Will was great and so forth, so we did that. But the kind of the payoff of it is is that, you know, when you're doing theater and you go up, as we say, if you forget your lines, eh, you know, you're in trouble. (laughs) If you do it on a sitcom when there's the 200 non-paying knuckleheads eating candy bars, it doesn't matter, you know? And I was doing a scene with Will. And I, ha- I was zipping along, and then I had this sort of momentary aphasia where I couldn't come up with the word for whatever, you know, baseball or something. And I sort of was hemming and hawing for it, and then I just turned to the audience. And I went, you know, they start in April, and they play through October, and, you know, okay, let's go back. And then we, you know, just did it again. But you can't do that in theater. I mean, you can, but <laughs> it might throw the audience for a loop, you know. So anyway, but and Will was on that, and he was terrific. And um, he told me when we were doing Drop Dead Gorgeous, he weighed over 400 pounds. So, which took me aback, because I mean, he's a big boy to begin with. Right. But he certainly carried it well. Um, and then he had that surgery, but, you know, um, good guy. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, that was a lot of fun. And who else was in that? Oh, a lot of people. Allison, right? Uh, Ellen Barkin, who I knew from New York days. And... Kristen Dunst, who actually bought my house before we did this movie. She was 17, and we were moving out of this neighborhood called Toluca Lake in L.A. or North Hollywood. And they wanted the house, and so we sold it to them. She actually couldn't buy it because she was only 17. So it was her mother, but it was Kristen's money. Right. And then sometime later, I ran into her, and I said, so you're still living in Toluca Lake? She said, oh, that was a long time ago. I'm like, yeah, for you, maybe. <laughs> If it's cool, I want to give you some hypothetical questions using your co Oh, all right. Okay, just some fun, sure. quick little game. It's time for the birds and the bees talk with your kids, but you don't really feel too comfortable having that chat. Which of these former castmates of yours are you asking to step in? Denise Richards, <laughs> Jennifer Coolidge, or Linda Cardellini? Um, not Denise. 
Not the knees. And I like both Jennifer. I probably would ask Linda Cardellini because I think she's just great. Yeah. She Period. would give a really good birds and bees. Yeah. Sure, she would. And, and, you know, and everybody can relate to her. She's so down to earth. And, you know, I'd like be that. receptive Jennifer to that. is hysterically funny. But I would just go for Linda, I think, just top of Because I did, oh, I did Freaks and Geeks with her. I forgot to mention that, sure didn't I? Sure did. Love that show. I would have bet on Sam saying Linda Cardellini for that answer. Would you? Yeah. Well, she was just a kid when we were doing it. And yeah. actually, I'm in, I'm in touch with Sam Levine, who played my son on the show. Or rather, <laughs> quite honestly, I played his father. He just got married. And I see him in the neighborhood from time to time. He's a great guy. He's they were great. all really nice and talented. Jason Siegel, everybody. You know, Seth Rogen and so forth. So they've all done quite well. Linda Cardellini, good answer. Okay, so that totally makes okay. Linda Cardellini. Go ahead. Okay. You've played a doctor many times on screen, Indeed. but you found yes. yourself in an embarrassing medical emergency. Which of these former castmates are you getting to help? Brian Cranston, okay. James Franco, or Stuart Pinkin? It's got to be Brian Cranston. <laughs> <laughs> he knows what to I mean, do. I, I, I really like the other two, and, and Stu in particular. But I mean, I, I used to play golf with Stu, and you know, he would ask me. He'd line up a putt, and he'd want to have a discussion about it for half an hour. You know, go <laughs> <laughs> hit the damn ball. Hit that fucking putt. We, we, we've but, had no, on Brian, Brian was great. Oh, that's why I did Breaking Bad too. See, you reminded me of all these nice things. Yeah, yeah. that was fun. Yeah. So. Uh, yes, Brian. No, Brian Cranston yeah. would be I'm going to I'm going for the more sober people. Not that Brian isn't silly. He's played a chemist. That's got to count for something. <laughs> True. Exactly. There you go. <laughs> all right. You just started a new dream job, and you find out all the employees are in a fight club. Since it's your first day, it's a rule that you must oh. fight. Which fictional coworker of yours are you fighting? Doug Heffernan, Clark Griswold, or Chandler Bing? Good question. Well, interesting. <laughs> I'd have to say Clark Griswold. Fuck Clark. Oh! Yeah, he's going down. That's the best well, he's thing. also older than me, so I think I can handle him, you know? <laughs> and and Kevin is Kevin is pretty solid, you know? He is Not solid. terribly tall, but he's a football player. And who was the last? Was who? Chandler, Chandler Bing. No, I can, nah, can't, can't do that to Maddie. <laughs> no. Can't do that. Yeah, it, it, it would be boy. Chevy. It's Chevy. The funny thing is, when I worked with Chevy, I, I knew he'd be sort of a, I don't want to say problem, but yeah, problem. <laughs> but I had some We've ammunition. I said, this is so weird. We're standing on the set, and I said, I know your brother. He said, really? Now, he has a brother. They're like Irish twins. I don't know who's older. His name was Ned Chase. And I went to uh, high school in New York, Dalton, which is quite well known. And um, Ned, I think, was just trying to beat the draft. And so he had gone to Dalton prior to that, and they let him teach social studies. And he was maybe two pages ahead of us, you know. But he was <laughs> certainly nice enough. It looked a lot like Chevy, in fact. Um, and the other thing I had was that we were delivered by the same doctor. I don't even really? know how I knew that, wow. but I did. Because <laughs> there was a, a – his name was Norman Plachette, and he – is was the father of the actor John Plachette and the uncle of Suzanne Plachette. Suzanne anyway, Plachette. and actually had a great deal. Uh, his his wife did because she was on the board of getting me into Dalton because for two years I lived in Palo Alto because my mother and I moved out there because she had a job. I hated it and I couldn't wait to get back to New York. But when you go back to New York and it's the middle of the school year, you're screwed unless you can get into some place like Dalton, which. Happened happily for me because otherwise it would have been, you know, 
two years of misery before I got out of high school. Right. Um, and I had a great time. And I'm still friends with people I went to high school there. Did I pass or there's no oh, such no. thing? You, no, oh, yes. you passed the flying colors. Passed. But there's no such thing as Fight Club, right? Isn't that the whole thing? Yeah, well, you, well, we yeah. don't talk All about it. You're just, you're just not supposed to talk about it, but everyone knows right. that. Right. <laughs> Actually, I was, talking about it. I was talking about it the last time I did Friends was towards the end. I was talking about it with Jennifer. And she was very smart about it. And she was saying, because I think it's a brilliant film. And she was talking about how nobody seemed to understand it, you know, which was true. But we were shooting this episode and we went very late. And by this time, whenever it was the last season, I guess, my kids were teenagers. They had met Jennifer and the rest of the cast when they were little, but, you know, it didn't mean anything to them. But this time they were like, oh, my God, it's Jennifer Anderson, right? So they, they were both allowed to bring a pal. So the, the four of them, but it's like 11, 11.30, and Jennifer says, what are the girls doing? And I said, they're just in the audience. She said, well, bring them down. And by this time, of course, you know, there were all these guys packing, you know, these big beefy dudes with, you know, and being security. So they, they let the girls in, and I take them to the back, to the, um, the makeup room, and they walk in, and Jennifer's just sitting there just by herself. And she goes, guys, what's happening? And they froze. I mean, it was like an oil painting, you know, the old Lenny Bruce line. It was just... It was statuary. I was like, talk, girls, talk. Anyway, Jennifer was very terrific about it and just sort of eased their way into the conversation. But that was very sweet. And it was a fun show to do, as I said. Cool. Yeah. So, well, you've worked yeah. with near everyone an actor would want to work with. Who have been some of your favorites? Oh, wow. Well, you mentioned so. I mean, I love Brian Cranston. And I did a couple of Breaking Bads. I just, just like him personally, and I, and I admire his, his work and so forth. But off the top, uh, Steve Root is, I think, a great actor, quite honestly. He's in everything. There was a piece in The Guardian about him a number of years ago saying, do you recognize this man? Because he does. He works more than any other actor in the world. He was in, well, he, he, he's great in the Coen brothers in, um, uh, come on, George Clooney's in it where they're all singers. Um, oh, brother, where out thou? Anyway, he's brilliant. And if you haven't seen it, just go watch that scene. Um, he also, he's in office space. No, he says, he they stole my, they, right. They, right. They, they stole my, not his speedo, the, the stapler, right? Just friends, dodgeball, um, office space. And then he worked and he's done, you know, with Mike Judge. He's been in, um, you know, King of the Hill yeah, for I, 10 I just, years and they're bringing it back. On, oh, that is him in King of the Hill. That's right. Dodgeball. Sure he was great in that. Yep. Oh, dodgeball too. Yeah. yeah. He does all that stuff. Anyway. I think he's a great actor. There, I said. Who Absolutely. else? I think Wayne is one of the Wayne Knight is one of the funniest yeah. people on the planet. Really? Um, I should come up with other people besides, you know, character actors. I suppose um, somebody like Allison Janney is just oh, brilliant. Yeah. You know, amazing. And you can go. You could start a scene and just go anywhere. <laughs> Many years ago, Jeff Goldblum and I auditioned together. I don't know how that happened for some play at Manhattan Theater Club. And we just kept reading, kept going and going and go. And neither of us had actually read the material, but we had this kind of wonderful <laughs> mystical connection. Um, I think Jennifer Aniston is a terrific actress, actually, um, for instance. Yeah. For instance. Um, you, always worked really well, you always worked really well with uh, Francis McDormand. No, I love Francis. Oh. Yeah, I knew Francis. Before we did Raising Arizona, we had worked together at a place which is famous back east called the, uh, well, it's the National Playwrights Conference. It's also known as the O'Neill. Interestingly, I just went to um, a get-together of former O'Neillies, 
and my friend John Pasquin, who was a director that I met there in 1983, was one who, you know, hit me to it, and I met him there. But Francis and I had worked at the O'Neill in, I don't know, 84, 85. And then I knew her a little in New York. She lived around the corner from me with Holly Hunter. And you know that story, right, yeah. about um, Blood Simple? No. It was, suppo- it was supposed to be Holly. Really? And she couldn't do it. She was on Broadway with a, a play called, not, uh, I'll remember the name of it in a minute. Um, but Peter McNichol was in it, too. So I'm going to call, oh, God, Beth Henley wrote the play. I can't remember. I saw it, actually. But she was unable to do it. She said to Joel and Ethan, she said, you should meet my roommate. It was Francis. And, you know, the rest is history. Rest and then Francis came in. She insisted on auditioning. And by this time for uh, Raising Arizona, she and Joel were already a couple. And he said, you don't have to read for me. She said, no, I'm going to come in and audition. Wonderful <laughs> actress. And so she auditioned. They went, okay, you happy? You got the part, you know. So <laughs> I read an article yeah. the other day, and the headline was, the first 11 minutes of Raising Arizona are the best opening to any movie ever made. That, Pretty great. That was an Esquire yeah. 2021. Awesome. Bold statement. Do you agree? Yeah. Why not? <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I think that I, I, I mean, I'm biased, of course, because yeah. I haven't worked. You know, was I had the only improvised moment in it. In fact, I was just fooling around. And it was towards the end of the shoot, so I was feeling comfortable. By the way, I thought Trey Wilson was also a great actor. Um, he was Nathan, Arizona. But so we come in and we're doing the scene where I'm talking about how'd you get that baby so fast, you know? And, and my kid Mordecai is writing his name on the wall. And I said, look at Mordecai, I already know his ABCs. And I had a handful of M&Ms. I was actually working. I just was sort of doing this as a kind of behavior. And I just slung them at him. You know, I just threw them at him. And the, <laughs> I, we were in rehearsal, and the, and the crew laughed. And it was, then there was this, like, silence. And Joel and Ethan said, oh, you go outside. So I said, all right. I went outside. And they talked about it for 20 minutes. And then they came back, and they said, all right, we'll keep it. But don't ever do that again. It just wasn't written. So, I do that you know, to my kid all Maybe the that's time. why I never worked with them again. I don't know. Anyhow. But it was a ter- that was a terrific experience. That was the most enjoyable film I'd ever worked on. The whole tenor of the thing was great. They would do stuff like, and nobody was making shit. I mean, you know, they weren't paying us anything or whatever this, you know, scale was. The whole movie was only budgeted at, I think, under $2 million. Wow. Uh, and it didn't do well, particularly when it opened. It became popular later, you know. Cold classic. Um, according, you know, because of, it was really big at fraternities and on college campuses and stuff. But um, they would do things like, it was hot out there, as you know, being in Arizona. Mm-hmm. They would bring a stick bed truck out to the set and it would be lined with like garbage plastic garbage bags and it would fill it up with ice at the beginning of the day and then by the time lunch break came around it was a swimming pool just pretty smart <laughs> that's nice anyway it was terrific and they were they were great you know so can't say a bad word about them you did a so, good gregory peck earlier and i once heard you do a jay leno impression that was so spot on it was incredible. Do you do any other impressions? When did I do Jay ever? Leno? It was in an interview. In context, Leno was saying your television's next biggest a hole for getting a lot of those parts, and you. Were, oh, Jay did. Yeah, when I did, I did Tonight Show. Yeah, yeah he was you, great. You were making fun of Jay for saying that, and I don't. You know, I I read for the they did that movie with Kathy Bates called The Late Show, and a guy I was a friend, a guy named Danny Roebuck, beat me out for the role of Leno. And Betty Thomas directed it. And I read for her like four or five times. 
And I even called Danny at one point to help me with it. Is that the one? You know, why don't we talk like that? It had that thing, you know, with the big drum and all that. And so I did that. And Betty said, I don't know what else to ask you, but I think it was Ivan Reitman was producing it, who went to the same college as me, oddly enough, Washington University in St. Louis. And, but he wanted Danny Roebuck. And so he got it. And Danny doesn't have a particularly big chin or jaw. They built this. This kind of prosthesis, it looked like clutch cargo, if you remember who that was. <laughs> so I was like, okay. And then I was Stephanie Zimblis as a friend, and I hadn't, I hadn't, anyway, I saw her this years ago. And she said, Danny Robux really pissed at you. I went, why? He got the thing, you know, he got the, the, the Jay Leno and the whole thing, right? So I run into him one day, and I go, because we did this, we did a very funny pilot as a presentation called Scared scary shit. But so I said to Danny one day, I said, why are you pissed at me? He said, because you got Herman Munster. I'm like, really? He said, yeah, all I ever wanted to do was play Herman Munster. And I go into audition for it and they won't shut up talking about you. <laughs> this is in 95. I said, oh, well, okay. <laughs> and it was actually, it was a, a much needed gig at the time because it paid a lot of money. And I went to Australia, which was great fun. And I was Herman Munster, you know? Yeah. The only problem with it was in Australia, but it's all changed now. This is, what, 27 years ago or something like that. Yeah. It was hard to find cars that had the, that you drove on the American side. Do you watch any current shows, or have you seen any good films lately? Oh, yeah, sure. Well, my favorite is The Bear right now. The Bear is so good. That is such a good so show. So good. Cocaine Bear? Not Cocaine Bear. Oh, man. No, the, no, no. The, the bear, bear, which is about this Italian Italian sandwich restaurant in Chicago. It won a bunch of awards just recently, just after that one season. Oh, did it? Been, yeah, yeah. It's done really well. Well, they, they picked it up for another year. Yeah. Um, and the kid who was on you know, Shameless. Who I thought was always good and was somewhat underutilized. He's great as a lead. Yes. Everybody's terrific. And there's this guy who plays. He's not really a cousin, but he's a family friend. I don't know. His name is something like Eben Reichback or something like that. I know that. the character and you're talking Chicago about. And his Chicago accent is so perfect that I could have sworn he was from there, but he's actually from New York. Wow. But he worked on it, I've been told, like, you know, assiduously. But it's a great show. Everybody's terrific in it. Everyone's um, And I've been watching The Last of Us which I'm told. See, I have some younger friends and they get me this stuff. So, yeah, no, I watch, I watch a lot of, I mean, I run out of stuff on my, you know, on Apple and so forth. I've seen everything. But what did I watch the other day? I, I shouldn't say this because, you know, I won't say it. One of those procedurals. And it, it was just so bad. It, 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 didn't, it not only was it just poor in the execution of it, the script didn't make any sense. There's I'm like, well, what happened to the guy who was, you know, and it's, it's so weird. Well, they've been doing that for a long time because back in the day, in the 80s, when they were doing Hill Street Blues, which I happened, that was the second job I landed when I came out here. I was wow. thrilled to do it. But those shows have no, for a long time, they had no syndicated um, potential because they had stories that were arcs and went through maybe four to six episodes. And the syndicated people, of course, there's very little syndication anymore, but whatever they are now, they wanted just the one-offs, you know? So every show had to be sort of self-contained. Now they've changed their mind about that. Now they want shows that do have arcs and so forth. So, yeah, so, I, so what else do I watch? I, I mean, is there, any, is there such a thing as network television anymore? There really isn't, Not you know? Not really. 
No, not so I much. I mean, my kids were laughing at me the other day because I still have DirecTV as well as Apple, you know? Yeah, DirecTV's great. And I said, well, how do you know what's going on in the news? She goes, well, you know, I listen to, you know, a podcast or I listen to something, you know, on the <laughs> computer and so forth. I mean, it really, it's true. I mean, I, I think that the networks are fooling themselves into thinking that they're actually, that they're still viable. Yeah. I don't think they are, you T- know? Oh. TikTok's got the real news. <laughs> oh, God. Don't get me started. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, you know what? Then, then you go too far to the other side. You go to TikTok or you go to, um, you Twitter. know, the other one that what's his face? Elon Musk just bought. And I signed off for that. I was Twitter. like, Twitter. never mind, you know? <laughs> Quite honestly. And, you know, if I go on, and I'm like everybody else, I go on and I hit Google and then I'm, I'm look, I looked at this story the other day. It was about this man who brings home this dog, but it was really weird looking and he takes it to the vets and it keeps leading you on. And at the very end, it says this, this is fiction. The whole thing is made up. Yeah, and I'm like, crap. fuck you. You know, you read that too? <laughs> it was a very popular story on Google, but isn't it astonishing? It's all just made up crap. I mean, it really, you know, I do watch it and whatever. My, my daughter just did a, a series with, um, oh, come on, Sam. She's lovely. Connie Britton called Dear Edward. And she did two episodes of that, yeah. which is great for her, you know. So, but the truth is nowadays, and I've, I've been, you know, I've, I've suffered through this as well. And I don't mind saying this, and you can put my name to it. You deal with an outfit like Hallmark or Lifetime. They're not even they're not even going union anymore. They're not even you know? trying anymore. They're not even trying, you're right. Well, we tried to so. play a game on every episode and our crunchtastic R and D department came up with something tastefully inappropriate. Okay. They inappropriate? Oh, That's for me. Tastefully yeah. inappropriate. <laughs> the adult entertainment industry loves to parody films and television shows. And when you have a filmography yeah. like yours, there's some overlap. If you'll indulge oh, us, sure. we'll play in the style of Two Truths and a Lie, where I'm going to name three projects you were in. Two of them have been parodied into pornographic films. One of them hasn't. Really? Yes. Okay. So can you guess which of the three weren't used as a porn theme? They do a lot of these. All right. And this was tiring research. <laughs> All right. Round I'm impressed, but I, I didn't know that anything I did was parodied into a... This was intended to be guessed the one of the three or one of the two. There was too many. It had to be done this way. Uh, so of, okay. the, of the three, only one of them hasn't been turned into a porn. Round one. Okay. Miami Vice, Hill Street Blues, or The Sopranos? Well, Sopranos has been done as a porno, of course. The Sopranos, right? Something like <laughs> yeah. that. So it's either Miami Vice... Or, or what was the other? Miami Vice or, or what? Hill Street Blues. Another. Oh, Hill Street. I would guess Hill Street hasn't been parodied. Ooh, that is correct. Wrong? It was Miami. I'm correct. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. Miami, right. Miami Spice, and there was like a Sopranos <laughs> or something like that. Sopranos, right? You're exactly right. Okay. That was a fun show. Sopranos was fun. I was just, you know, living out here at the time, but. Um, all right, next one. So up. one for one. One for one. Rocking it Very impressive. That in a thousand. Round two. <laughs> Party of yes. five. Who's the boss? Yes. Or the Golden Girls? God. Well, I would think who's the boss has been parodied. Mm. I, I assume Golden Girls too. Party so Party of five? five, maybe not. Party. 
unbelievable. Two That's for two. correct. I would have. Wow. Okay. I was certain there was a party of five. I would have wanted to steer him. But there wrong. wasn't. Well, no, there was plenty of five. But oddly enough, no right. party of five parody. There was a triple X. Who's the boss in the Golden Girls? Too many to count. It was actually disturbing. <laughs> uh, really? Oh my I, God. I, I, there is like a full channel. So are they all like all the actresses? Are they all geriatric in the Golden Girls spinoffs? Or I parody? tried not to dig too deep into the research. Yeah, you, you, there's only this. Yeah, strictly too much yeah. information. Yeah. I stopped after only eight or nine Golden Girls. And... <laughs> right. There, there, really, there are that many parodies of Golden Girls. It, it was surprising. All right, round three. He's two for two. Christmas Vacation, Raising Arizona, or Adam's Family Values? Huh. <laughs> I would think Adam's family values would get a treatment. Yeah. Um, I don't think raising Arizona, maybe. What was the, what was the third? Christmas oh, vacation. I guess Christmas vacation and Adam's family values, but not raising Arizona. That is no, correct. No, raising Arizona must have had no, a parody. You're too good. You got, no, you got it. You got it. You did it. You're the one oh, I did? Oh, okay. Yes, there is one called This Isn't Christmas Vacation, and then there's, <laughs> and then there's one called The Adam Step Family. And oh, my. Couldn't oh my find God. anything on Raising Arizona, and that kind of... Raising Arizona? I felt like there's something... Well, really, the there. title yeah. just sort of begs for it. Exactly. Yeah, but... Party of Five and Raising Arizona. I'm like, I know. shocked right now. I, I know what believe... I'm working on this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, we can make yeah, you go. You know, yeah. Three for A little three. bit of licensing, sure. Blair, get the lights. I, I wonder, like, of, of all of these, are any of them worthwhile? You know, oh. I don't necessarily mean in a prurient interest, but perhaps, although, you in know, pinch, maybe oh, some I'll of do. them are fun. I don't know. Maybe they are. recommendations? I, I, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't have the attention span any longer, you know. Miami the Spice The porno's got to be like 90 <laughs> seconds max, you know, and I'm moving on. You know? Miami so. Spice. Miami Spice was quality. We got one more. We'll finish on the animated okay. round. All real monsters, okay. bonkers, or Pinky and the Brain? Wait, you, am I supposed to pick the, the non-porno from the, that? The non-porno from that. Pinky and the Brain, which was an absolute blast to do, I have to say. All really? of those, Pinky and the Brain. Gotta what be. was the other one? All real Remember monsters, bonkers, and Pinky and the Brain. I guess, you know, you got me here. Maybe bonkers and real monsters, but not Pinky and the Brain. Oh, so close. They're all are real monsters. Are these animated pornos? Yeah, these are or all are they actual people? Animated pornos, I believe. All real monsters. Really? Too easy. Pinky gives the brain. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you knew that was coming. I, I saw that one. <laughs> and no bonkers. The list goes on and on and on. There's a couple to choose from from Freaks and Geeks. There's 21 Hump Street, Home Improvement Triple X. There's one for that 70s show, The King of Queens, uh, starring someone named Liz Taylor with two Zs. Uh, really? Yes. There was one called Angry Beavers, oh. but it didn't appear to be a parody. That was on the, the maybe list. <laughs> <laughs> what well, wasn't Angry Beavers? Wasn't that an animated series? It was, and I couldn't tell you if this was a parody or not. Uh, but I did. I did, oh. see, I did see that title. Goes. I on. think I did one with Morgan Fairchild. Really? In fact, Ooh. she's great. Love her. Well, that was um, fun, and thank you for being a sports. But before we let you go, oh my pleasure. Any new and I was exciting? So close, pro- huh? To get four out of four, oh, but no yeah. well. yeah, yeah, The animated job. stuff. That's a tough one. You that's know? a. It, that's a tough that's one. A curveball.
Yeah, but uh, I like Arizona. You know, did you go to the waste management the the tournament? There? I did. I haven't gone the last few <laughs> Have years. You really? And I did go this year. Yes, I was there on Saturday, and it looks oh, Saturday it looks like a lot of fun. Were you at sixteen? Were you know uh, the stadium hole? I was at seventeen, which is also like a stadium right. hole, uh, very similar. Yep. Yeah, it's nuts there. It was a lot of fun. I mean, you see, they they open the gates and people come rushing in like, you know, they're handing out $20 bills or something. You know, it's just wild. <laughs> it's like the running of the bulls. It is. Yeah, it's it's nuts. There's actually a really good series I started to watch called Power Swing. I think it's a documentary about full these swing. guys in full the PGA. Swing. Yeah, Full Swing. Full Swing, right. And I was just watching it. It was great. Um, and it talked to the, what's his name? He's a really nice, he strikes me as a genuinely good guy. He came in third, I think, at the at the at the the open. Um, what's his name? Oh, I can't remember. But he's the one who took his shirt off on 16th <laughs> when his partner made a putt, and his partner was kind of heavy. His name is Higgs, I think. He took off his shirt, so this guy said, "Well, I take off my shirt too," and then he got into trouble with the PGA. But you know, screw <laughs> that. Anyway, yeah. yeah, so it was fun talking to you guys. Yeah, you Sorry have, if I ran on. No, you have been so great to have on. We sincerely appreciate your time. I really hope we get the chance to talk again sometime. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Blake. Thank you, Blair. And thank you, the third party whose name I never got. Tyler. Tyler. Yes, oh, sir. okay. Sam. Yeah. Thank you, Sam. We, we really appreciate it. So much fun. Thanks. Right, have a good soon. one. You too. You too. Okay. Take care. Bye. Bye. Sam. Oh, how fun. Guilty is charged with the stories. <laughs> yeah, he really has worked with like everybody. Yeah. Sam's real Hollywood. He expects you to know those names in real Hollywood. The hardworking men and women of Hollywood. Sam's the shit. Yeah. He was awesome. Hot news. New Dream Car giveaway over at 8080. In addition to the 15% off you get for using code Crunchy, they're offering double the entries right now, all for a brand new supercharged Lamborghini plus $60,000 in cash. You do not want to miss out. Nor do you want to forget to check out somethingcrunchy.com where you'll find every episode or links for social media and the Almighty Crunch Store where you'll find all kinds of crunchy gear showing that you are a proud citizen of Crunch Nation. Continue listening every Friday night at 10 p.m. on 97.3 The Rattler, 1260 a.m. This has been another episode of Something Crunchy and as always, don't never forget to live your crunchiest life and be crunchy to one another. Please don't forget to subscribe, like, follow, and all that crunchy good shit. All episodes can be found at somethingcrunchy.com and on all podcast platforms. Thank you for listening. Have a very merry Crunchmas. Nice. Yeah. That was great.